today is simple. We are talking about the restoration of God's people. That is the theme of this month in Rehoboth's um, ministries, Rehoboth's assembly, restoration of God's people. And just like we read during the uh, Bible reading, we saw how the Lord promised that he's going to restore his children. Lots of promises and lots of blessing. Because what the Bible said in verse 18 of Joel chapter 2, it says the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. There is somebody in service today. The Lord has remembered you. He will be zealous for you. And he will have pity on you. The Lord will have mercy on you. Not because you deserve it. But because he's a God of mercy. Unmerited favor for you, for your family and unborn generation. In the name of Jesus. Brethren, when you go to chapter 1 of the book of Joel, you will find out that the people of God were enjoying plenty. They were enjoying the goodness of God. The land was flowing with milk and honey. There was abundance. Marriages were flourishing. Children were doing good in school. Businesses were making progress. People needed jobs and they could get jobs. Everything was in abundance. But suddenly, there was calamity in the land. Devastation struck unexpectedly. Locusts came in in the highest frequency that their ancestors hadn't seen before and they had never witnessed something like that. Extremely hungry locusts, voracious locusts swarmed through the land. And if you read from verse 1 to 12, the Bible says, and that which the cankerworm had left, the palmerworm ate. That which the palmerworm left, the lock, the cankerworm ate. Can you imagine? It started with the locust. Then it went to the cankerworm. It went to the palmerworm. What does that mean? It means that the enemy came in and did not even have, want them to have any good thing left. And that was what happened to the people of God. Everything was cut off from them. Their country was exposed to greater disaster and suffering. Trouble, 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 trouble everywhere. Eventually, their trouble drove them to Jesus. There is somebody here. Your trouble has driven you to the only source, to the only solution. You are in the presence of Jesus. And I guarantee you by the word of the Lord. And according to the prayer of the man of God in this place this morning. That God will give you the solution you deserve. In the name of our Lord Jesus. In Joel chapter 2. The children of God ran to God. You and I, we have come to the only solution to our problems. And from verse 18 to 27, where our theme is taken from, the Lord began to promise them. He said he will answer his people. He said they will be satisfied. He said he will no longer make them a reproach among the nations. He said he will remove from them the northern army. He said he will drive away every barrenness. He said he, he, he will turn his face against 
our enemies because he's going to do marvelous things. He says you should not fear. He says you should, be, you should be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done marvelous things. He says you shouldn't be afraid of the beasts of the land. There are beasts in Canada. And God is saying don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to spread your wings and soar. Don't be afraid to step into places where you are not qualified for. Don't be afraid to speak that the things that have not been, they shall be. Don't be afraid to confess that you are the head over the nations. And the people you know and do not know will serve you. For as soon as they see you, they will honor you. Foreigners submit unto you and come running out of their close places. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to declare that your son or your daughter will be the next prime minister. Don't be afraid to decree and declare. It does not matter your age. Don't be afraid to see yourself in that high position and that exalted place where the Lord has promised you. The fact that you are 50 plus does not mean it's not going to come to pass. My Bible tells me in Habakkuk that the vision is for an appointed time. Don't entirely wait for it because at the end it will speak. It will not lie in the name of Jesus. He says that we restore to you the yes that the swarming locusts had eaten. The yes that the cankerworm had eaten. He says you will eat in plenty. And be satisfied. Ha! Hallelujah! Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever nothing should intimidate you child of god nothing 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 i say nothing because when the lord makes a promise he stands by his word to perform hallelujah your life your family your career your finances your relationship your ministry your business your marriage might have been devastated your children you raise them with the way of the Lord. But they are heading in another direction. It does not matter. Because what I know is that the seed of the righteous can never be lost. <laughs> hey! They are just having... They are, they, they, it's a detour. And when there is a detour, and you, you follow the sign, you come back. You come back. You come back to where you should be. And the Lord, sometimes the, the call. Is if the detour is even like a shortcut to final destination. Church of God, Rehoboth, I bring good news to you today. You will recover all and be restored better than your original position. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray and say, Father. I call upon you. Restore my glory. Restore my life. Can you lift up your voice and say, Father, I call upon you. Restore my glory. Restore my life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now I did a quick research in the dictionary, of course, to understand what restoration is all about. And listen to all these definitions. Restoration, it is the action of returning something to a former owner, 
place or condition. Whatever you have lost, whatever the enemy has taken from you, you are the original owner. It will be restored. If your marriage has been taken from you, take it back. If your son or daughter has been taken from you, take it back. If your business has been taken from you, take it back. If your dignity has been taken from you, take it back. Hallelujah. Restoration. It is the reinstatement of a previous practice, right, custom, or situation. The reinstatement. The same people that took you out of the place. The same power that took the position from you. They will come back to beg you. That you know what? We are bringing you back in the name of Jesus. The forces of heaven will combine with the forces of earth. And they will make sure that you are reinstated. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Your seat that has been taken from under you. That seat is not coming as the same. It is coming higher, bigger, better. Because my Bible tells me, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, that my God does exceedingly, abundantly, above that which you can think, that which you can ask, according to his power that works in you. What is the power that works in you? It is dunamis. Dunamis, the power of God. You are dynamite. Don't look at yourself as small. I always tell my children, dynamites come in small packages. And so even if you look at me and I'm small, don't joke with me. Tell your neighbor, don't joke with me. I am dynamite. Don't joke with me. Don't toy with me. I am dynamite. Hallelujah. Restoration. It is the return of a hereditary monarch to a throne. A head of state to government or regime to power. Your regime is not going to expire. The Lord did not put you in your palace to rule only for two years or three years or four years. Your regime is a lasting regime because you are under the regime of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I want to give you my own definition. <laughs> of restoration from the program that pastor mentioned that we the, 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 the church had over the weekend so so many of our fathers in the lord they spoke certain things into our lives and i picked some of the words from here and there and i put them together as my own re definition of restoration so what is restoration according to the dictionary of Ebola, restoration is a divine lifting from slavery into the glory ahead marked by a life of exemption and distinction <laughs> restoration if you want to write it down you can but make sure you quote that it's from a bonadejo dictionary restoration is a divine lifting from slavery into the glory ahead marked by a life of exemption and distinction and i wrote that that definition just summarizes the story of my life brethren i will not have time to tell you lots of stories today but i want to tell you that when i'm talking about restoration don't think that oh they are only preaching the bible again they don't understand what i'm going through 
my brothers and my sisters, I don't know what you are going through, but when you want to talk about marital challenges, been there, done that. When you want to talk about failure, been there, done that. When you want to talk about doing cleaning work in Canada, washing toilets, been there, done that. When you want to talk about shame and reproach, even by friends and loved ones, been there, done that. When you want to talk about being confused, I don't know where to go. And every day I say, God, I am confused. I don't even know where I'm coming. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. Been there, done that. When you want to talk about people that you in school, people that you made way for, people that you helped with their resume, people that you helped to write their composition, people that you helped to prepare for the exam, and you do the same exam with them, and they get into position, and they get into school, and you do the same exam, and you fail over and over and over and over again. Been there, done that. And when you want to talk about a life that God brought out of the pit to the palace. When you want to talk about a life that mercy restored from zero to hero. When you want to talk about a life that favor paved way for even after turning 50. Here you see the life, brethren. I bring good news for you. It does not matter what you have faced. It does not matter what has faced you. It does not matter what you are facing or what you will face. The God of restoration will restore unto you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The years that the crawling locust has eaten. The years that the consuming locust has eaten. God will restore to you the years that the chewing locusts had eaten in the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. What he has done before he will do it again. I love the song that says it is no secret what God can do what is done for the He'll do for you with hands wide open. He'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. He's the same. He doesn't love the other brother more than you. You are not walking the same walk. You are not traveling the same travel. You, are, you may be on the same line, but your journey is different. Don't compare yourself with another. Don't look at brother Olu as getting a good job. And you are there and you are still working small jobs. Do it as if you are doing the best job in the world. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to do case study of uh, three cases. Maybe I just take one because I'm, I want to make sure that I don't sh overshoot my time. I think my time is up. Like in how many minutes? Fifteen. Yeah. We are going to make sure that we do that in fifteen minutes. Now we will take just one case study, and we will go to the book of Ezekiel thirty-seven, from verse one to fourteen. Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, from verse one to fourteen. 
Ezekiel 37. I'm sure everybody in this room, you would have heard and read this story. The Bible says the hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel and brought me into the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open field. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? God is asking you a question. I don't know the dead bone that you are here with. Dead bone job. Dead bone career. Dead bone finances. Dead bone children. Dead bone marriage. Dead bone future. Dead bone home. Dead bone in the community. Dead bone at school. Dead brain. Everything is dead. And you know it is dead. He says, son of man, God is asking you, brothers and sisters in robot assembly, can these bones live? Can it live? Hallelujah. Somebody just told me something this morning, which I, I can never forget. He said there is a quote. And what is the quote? Can God? And the answer is, God can. Can God? God can. What is that dead bone? Asking you the question, can God? Look at that dead bone and say, God can. Your marriage, can God? Your sons and daughters, can God? <laughs> your job, your career, can God? Hey, your destiny, can God? Your dream, can God? Hallelujah! God can! God can! God can! That is who he is. He thrives in making sure that his children are okay. You are in safe hands, don't worry. Hard times may surround you. It's not to kill you, it's to make you strong. Hallelujah. Thank God for your journey because it's going to get you to your final destination. Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded. And suddenly there was a rattling. The bones came together, bone to bone. And when he looked at it, flesh started coming on dry bones. I mean, they are dry. That means it was, it was, it was skeleton. All the flesh and everything, the sinews, everything was gone. But Ezekiel, hearkened to the voice of the Lord, and he commanded, and he prophesied. And all of a sudden, from nowhere, there was a rattling. There was a noise. There was a sound. There was restoration. Bones started joining to bones. Flesh came upon the deadness. Oh, there was freshness. He says, the wings of the earth came. And the Lord said, I will open your graves. I will open your graves. I will bring you out of that situation where you have been buried. I don't know those who are laughing at you. Don't worry, it's a matter of time. They will come to laugh with you. Hey, Marabo Sataya. I said they will come and laugh with you. They will come and laugh with you. Those who laughed at me up till 2016, now they have no choice. They are laughing with me. They are laughing with me. That God that did it will do it for you. He will do it for you. I'm telling you, brethren, don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. God still does miracles. He will not bypass you. Hallelujah. 
He will not bypass you in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to check the importance of the bones in the human body. I will talk about this and then we'll see some other things and then we will pray. I checked the, the, the importance of the bones in the human body. And I found out that in the skeletal system, the bone is highly important. The bone is a rigid organ that constitutes part of the vertebral skeleton. Bones support and protect the various organs of the body. The bones produce red and white blood cells. The bones store minerals. It provides structure and support for the body. It enables mobility. Bones come in a variety of shapes and sizes and have a complex internal and external structure. Bones are lightweight, yet strong and hard, and they serve multiple functions. Bones support the body. Bones facilitate movement. Bones protect organs. Bones produces blood cells. Bones stores and releases minerals and fats. No wonder the enemy goes after our bones. No wonder the enemy goes after that which is important to us. Just like he did to the people when Prophet Joel prophesied. The enemy wanted to take everything completely from them. And it seems like there will be no way. But I bring you good news. The dry bones live again. God says he will restore the years unto you. He says no matter the bone that is dry, begin to prophesy. Look at that bone and speak life. Let life come into it. Because God has brought you into a season of exemption and distinction. What they disqualify others for, they will qualify you for it. When they, where they have told you no, go back there and they will tell you yes. Hallelujah. Now, I'm just going to tell you a little story. <laughs> so that you will understand that when God restores, he restores fully. My family came into North America, I, let me say 15 years ago now. Or, yeah, 15, about 15 years ago. And we were in the United States because my husband was working there. And while there, I went to school. I went to school. I took all prerequisites to do the nursing program. And I was really good. I, start, I, I went to school, maybe I was already in my 30s. And when I wanted to start the school, God told me to go, that he will help me. And indeed, he helped me. And everybody that, need, that was discouraged, they were afraid of going to school. Whenever they come, and everybody is not telling them how to navigate, I will tell them, oh yeah, go this way. Do it this way. This is what you need to do. And for those who don't have cars, I will tell them to choose all their courses. And then I will choose mine around their own. So that I can pick them from their home, take them to school. When we finish, I drop them back. And we all did the prerequisites. And of course, I even got good grade more than most of them. I finished with high honors. But every nursing exam that I took, I did not get entrance. Is it that I missed it by one point or two points? The max that I missed was four points. And it's like, what is going on? And every other person was getting into school. Getting into school. And Ebonladejo was still there. I continued. The only school that told me that I did not even need to write the exam 
because I was overqualified to get into the program for a bachelor's. And he said, no problem. Expect the, the letter, your letter of admission. And when it was August, when it was July, because in the U.S., um, school resumes in August. When it was July, they sent me a letter. We have reviewed your application again. And you need to do pharmacology before school resumes. July. School will resume in August. Then I called them. I said, no. What are you talking about? You guys already told me I'm qualified. You saw this thing. I came to the school more than two times. And they said, sorry, there is nothing we can do. I checked everywhere I could take pharmacology. And if I needed to do it, I needed three months to even do it for the, you know, for the summer. And there, right in my very eyes, I missed that one again. As if that was not enough, I started applying to schools in Canada. Because we already have the permanent residency anyway, I will come to school in Canada. And they gave me admission for a bachelor's. And it's like, yay, I'm going to go to Canada. But then the question is, do I want to go to Canada and leave four children behind with husband, with ministry, with work and everything? I made up my mind I'm going to go. You know, it's okay, I'm just going to do it. And suddenly, Canada wrote me another letter. Oh yeah, you wanted to come in for the accelerated program. But it's full right now. But because we've told you that you qualify, we can admit you for the normal bachelor's. Meaning, four years in university to do nursing. And then I told my husband, and he said, you want to go to Canada and leave the children? How are we going to do it? I thought about it again. Is this what God wants me to do? My mind, you know, was really there. I, I wanted to do it. Maybe God was speaking and I wasn't hearing. And eventually, I didn't do that. Anyway, fast forward. We came to, the, to Canada. And I, I had to do a lot of jobs, left, right, and center. And at the same time, as soon as we got to this country, and I said, God, what do you want me to do? Because I said, no, I don't want to do that nursing anymore. It's okay. What do you want me to do? God asked me a question. What's in your hands? What's in your hands? Brethren, God will use what is in your hands to restore you. Sometimes we are running after what everybody is running after. And that may not be what God wants you to, do, to be. That may not be what God wants you to do. Everybody sees me and says, you will be a good nurse. And I knew it that I will be a good nurse. But maybe that wasn't what God wanted for me. And then we started, I just, we started, we registered a, a program because, uh, you know, I already had a, a, a bachelor's in hotel management and I love to, to decorate, I love to do all that. And so we registered a business and I started. Business did not do well at all. It was as if I was not in business. I was just like going around in circles. But I knew, my spirit tells me that that is what God wanted me to do. And I will not just give up on it until it is done. Then I went back to school to go and do a, a graduate certificate in event management. And I went to school. I went with people that were younger, few people older. And by the grace of God, I did very well again. And then I started looking for jobs, for event management. No event management job. I will go this way. No event management job. But I was getting smaller jobs, cleaning job. If I applied, they would take me without even look at, uh, looking at my resume 10 times. 
But what I want to tell you, brethren, every little job I got, I did it as if my life depended on it. I was very, very focused. Everywhere I go, in fact, I always beg, they cannot fire me. So I will always fire myself because they would not want me out of their organization. I do it as if they're paying me million dollars. The last one I did, I worked as a, as a breakfast host in Holiday Inn in, in Orleans. I was still, I'm still doing my business. I'm still trying to push it forward, but I was still working. I started as housekeeping, um, the, the housekeeper. I started in housekeeping, making beds, mopping floors, and all that. I was doing it diligently. I was doing it faithfully. But as I do it, I'll say, Father, here is the CEO of my company, and I'm making beds. As I'm making this bed, Lord, make my bed. Lord, make my bed. I'm doing this thing in this company, Father Lord, so that by the time you open my company, people will go over and beyond to work for me. And then I moved to work as a breakfast host. The breakfast section of holiday in where I worked was a mess. When I got there, I put structure in place. Everything became organized. Their sales increased. Guests would always want to come to Holiday Inn, where I worked. Everybody would go to the general manager and said, I've made up my mind I won't come to this hotel anymore. But because of Ebony, I am back. Everybody wants to see Ebony in the morning when they come for breakfast. And they want to see me before they leave for breakfast. People come and you say, you don't know, you don't even understand. Your smile gives me hope. They didn't know that inside, I'm saying, God, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? But I was still working, doing my last year. It was one, somebody saw me. When I said I do events, and after a few months she called, can you plan the event? I said, not a problem, ma'am. High standard. I was afraid, but I needed to take that job. I took it. The event was in two parts. They hired two event planners. I to plan the traditional, another person to plan the, the, the formal wedding, the church wedding. I did that wedding like they paid me billions because I knew that that was just it. That was just it. And I, I, I planned that event. People were laughing at me. Some people say, event planner, since she has been doing it, event planner, which event planner? People of my own color were laughing at me. People that I have helped were laughing at me. But God was telling me, go on. You can do this. I had sleepless nights. I will go to work, my brain will be calculating. 3 a.m., I can't sleep. I say, God, what did I get myself into? Why did I take this event? I want to tell you, brethren, that event was one event that I did, that everybody came in, and it's like, wow, wow, wow. Heavens helped me. A reproach became a blessing. God restored me, brethren, from that event. Before this year, 2019, I got three events last year. If I don't get any other events again till the end of the year, I already have three. Three events, three people booked for events from me 
that hardly got one event. When God restores, he restores you fully. When God restores, he restores you in such a way that you become a name where you have been a shame. When God restores, he restores you better than your original position. When God restores your joy, he gives you so much joy that your joy becomes contagious. When God restores, he gives you a laughter that will make others to laugh. When God restores, he gives you a, fa a fame amongst the places that you have been ridiculed. I say when God restores, he takes away your tears and fills your mouth with laughter. Hallelujah. And now, a few, few, few weeks ago, somebody had a problem with me. And what was the problem? She said every time now you will stand and say you are in the, in the category of eagles. You are no more among chickens. That was the problem. And I said, my sister, look at me very hard. I have no apologies because level has changed. I have no apologies because my name has been rewritten. Don't have an apology when the Lord start blessing you because the same people that have shamed you, they will come again to say, make a way for us. When God restores you, sir, the people that say you don't know your work, they will now address you by your designation. Somebody saw me and said, ah, event planner. And I looked at myself. I said, me, that they were shaming. Me, that was doing free events all over the place. I did not, I don't make 500. I don't make 200. I don't make 1,000. And I can be the same person that they will say, how much will you charge? And I say, with tax, it's 5,500. Hallelujah. 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 You have a story in Canada, brethren. Don't lose sight of the position where you are. The reason why you are going through it, God has to pass you through your trials so that when you get to the top, you will know how to treat people at the bottom. God wants to shape your character. God wants to form you into a better person. I know why God took me through my trials. As a pastor's wife, there was a time I lacked character. Every time I faced trouble, Everybody in church will know that there is something wrong with pastor's wife. Because you can see it on my face. You can see it with my non-verbal. I'm always like that. When I have problem with my husband, everybody will know. But when the Lord restored my glory, when he took away my stinking character, he gave me beauty for ashes. That is why now, when I am praising God, I do it extravagantly. I do it as if there is no tomorrow. Brethren, the Lord will use your trials. He will use your hardship. He will use your problems to shape who you are. To increase your capacity and change your character. To help your children serve the Lord better. Students, I want to talk to you. I don't know if you are failing. Some of you are failing. It is failure and failure and failure and failure and failure. Wake him up. It is failure upon failure. But I bring good news to you. God can change all your failure and make you a success. Have you not heard the story before? Go and read stories about people that are now success in the world. They were once failures. Your failure does not define you. Your failure is not, it had not written the last chapter of your life. Yes, others may be making A's. And today you make D plus. Tomorrow you have C. Tomorrow you have F. Don't worry. 
don't insult that child because in failure there is success 99% of success is failure turned inside out hallelujah there is restoration there is restoration there is restoration why is your head bowed down don't walk with head bowed down I don't know the kind of job you are doing when you are going there go with the joy of the Lord go with pride I became an answer to an organization general manager will come and ask me heavenly what do you think we should do whatever I tell them to do is what they do I left the place because I was tired everything came was chaotic the new general manager called me and said Ebony can you come back to help us can you come back to help us stop saying that people are discriminating you because of your skin when the Lord put his back and his blessings on your skin nobody looks at how short you are nobody looks at how dark you are what they see is the glory of God inside of you and this is the year of his glory this is the year of his glory this is the year of his glory do your work well do it as if they were paying you 10 million dollars I was only earning 14 dollars an hour brethren I was only making 14 dollars an hour but I was doing my 14 dollars as if my life depended on it go over and beyond go over and beyond prepare as if you are, you are preparing you know for a big job work as if you will never have a better tomorrow and I tell you as you do this enlarge your capacity I say busy working myself and now the Lord has done so much the Lord has opened ways for me God is making me to meet you know to stand with kings and not ordinary people God is paving way for me and sometimes I will I will just say God like this opportunity it is God 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 from the time of promise of the Lord while I was in my 30s it did not manifest until I turned 50 I turned 50 last year and the Lord has made the years that the cacawam had eaten the years that the palmawam had eaten the years that the caterpillar had eaten God has put everything together and he has put another will under me a will of acceleration brethren it is a year of restoration your year of exception and distinction your year of exception and distinction your year of exception and distinction don't worry your tears will turn to joy in the mighty name of Jesus hallelujah serve the Lord well Serve God well. Serve God well. In my time of trouble, I'm always cleaning the church. I'm a very good church cleaner. I love to wash toilets. And I tell the people in our church, when everybody goes home, go, go, go. I will wash the toilet. If they don't wash it to my satisfaction, when we all go, so that people won't feel bad, I will come back again. I will come and wash it very, very well. There was a day I was cleaning the church and God told me something. He said, I heard him, Ebu, I will take away your bruma phone and give you a megaphone. There was a sister with me and I told this sister because she's always with me whenever we are cleaning. I said, my sis, God said he will take away our bruma phone and give us a megaphone. And I've been looking for opportunities to speak. 
all of a sudden, God opened avenues. God opened avenues. When he begins to restore you, he does it well. So in your season right now, serve him well. Serve him well. Let your pastor be able to say, I have asked sister this and this to do it. And he doesn't need to worry about it. Let your head of department be able to say, brother, this is going to be there. They don't need to stress about it. The Lord will make you to be global, celebrated because of his restoration. Let us rise up, church of God. Rise up in the mighty name of Jesus. And I want you to raise up your hand and say, Father, you have promised restoration. So which area do you want restoration? Please begin to pray. Begin to ask the Lord. That area where you want restoration. I do not know what my story has done in the heart of somebody here. But God has told me that story to bless other people. He said, those who are land of dust, they will turn to God wants you to remain. He wants to take you higher. He's trusting you forward. This is a year of exemption and distinction. It is a year of celebration for your marriage, for your children, for your job, for your business, for your career, for everything. Those who are sick, if you need something special from